0: NFL week three, market outlook. Thursday night football, Steelers at Browns. This is definitely no Chargers versus Chiefs. This is Mitch Trubisky versus Jacoby Brissett, who looked pretty decent, had one of the best statistical profiles of any quarterback last week, in fact. First, the Jets defense. But nonetheless, it was certainly surprising since many people were writing him off. We didn't speak positively about him. This line has been waffling. I think it opened three, three and a half, got all the way up as much as five and a half. Now it's back to four. I was reading that one of the impetuses for it to shoot up was I believe it was Right Angle Sports came out and gave the Browns as one of their picks. And that was a market moving view. I always loved to fade those. We faded them on whether you knew it or not. In fact, right angle sports was one of the catalysts that pushed that Cardinals line from three, all the way up to six. And then we came in and bought that six. And then you even had the alt lines, as you talked about in your NFL reflections piece this week, that was a really nice cash, but so Steelers Browns, any view on this
1: one? No, it's tough because I'm not ready to buy Jacoby Brissett. Certainly not like a quarterback where I have conviction. Like he could pop up for a good week here or there, but it's not someone I have confidence and conviction that Jacoby Brissett's gonna play well. With that said, it's impossible to make an, an argument for the Steelers, I think, right now. I think they were bad before T.J. Watt got hurt. You're not gonna learn anything from a game against the Patriots. I don't think their offense is capable, especially early in the season where the offense coordinators have really had no time to install a new system. What that looks like in week 13, I have no idea. But right now, at least the Patriots offense is not good. So I'm not taking away anything from how the Steelers played last week. Defensively, I think they're a disaster. And offensively, they haven't been able to get anything going. And the Browns feels a little icky, but I think four is probably a little too shallow. What happened to George Pickens? He's played a lot. He said, quote, that he's open on 90% of the routes, but he's just mm. not being thrown the ball. Their offense is a train right now.
0: And this is one of the things we were just talking about offline, that week three can be tricky potentially even more tricky than week two because there's a lot of week one performances maybe you're not necessarily buying into and then you get this week two performance that maybe is not a follow-through performance of what you saw in week one and now you don't know is this team more like week one is it more like week two and Jacoby Brissett is a great example of a very underwhelming performance week one versus the Panthers and then comes back with a lightning performance versus the Jets. For all intents and purposes, the Browns won that game versus the Jets, and as we all know, they ended up losing outright and not covering, of course. But I think you make a good point in that Jacoby Brissett can show up from time to time. He's got enough skill set to do that but it's no corner turn one of those top discussions between week one and week two was geno smith that didn't
1: follow through yeah what is it about the steelers that jacoby Brissett has an angle for instance you can talk about this later lamar jackson is really good against the blitz or really good against man coverage we know the patriots are going to play man coverage that's a particular angle why this quarterback can shine granted lamar jackson you can expect to play well more often than not. But for a player like Jacoby Brissett, you need some particular angle, which says, this is why he's gonna show up. Because or else, what are you betting on? I'm picky when I'm betting. I really wanna have conviction in the bets that I make, because I can choose, unlike the book, where I put my money. This is just not a spot where uh, I'm willing to bet on Jacoby Brissett, because who knows who's gonna show up. The other thing is
0: the Steelers, while they've not looked good, They've certainly been pesky in past seasons. We've seen the same from Mike Tomlin coached teams, is even if the talent is underwhelming, they just keep themselves in games, end up squeezing out wins that they shouldn't have won, or ended up covering games that you thought they had no business even being competitive in. And I think this could definitely be one of those games. Very short turnaround time off a heartbreaking loss where the Browns justifiably beat the Jets. That was a win that they really needed to have. Yeah. And how long are they obsessing about that before moving on to the Steelers? The Browns are not a team that I have a ton of confidence in to cover big numbers. Ravens at Patriots, this was three and a half when we were previewing it. Sunday night, moved down to three, out on a two and a half. The Ravens are dealing with like defensive injuries, secondary injuries. Got destroyed by Miami, particularly in that fourth quarter. In New England, this is basically saying that the Patriots are going to be viable to win this game straight up. Yeah,
1: It got through three. Yeah, yeah. This is shocking to me. I know where it's coming from. There, there are some sharp people on you know the Patriots side here which I think has moved the number but I don't get this line at all I really don't we discussed last week the Dolphins were almost a perfect matchup to take advantage of where the Ravens are weakest which is their secondary was banged up first off it's going to get healthier Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are only going to be healthier than they were last week coming off injuries But, or even for Marcus Peters case, just like getting off some rust for his first game action in two years. But the Patriots don't have any capability to separate quickly like the Dolphins did. The Dolphins were winning because Waddle and Hill were open on every play, beating these cornerbacks. Jacoby Myers is probably the Patriots' best receiver. He's hurt, very uncertain to play. I don't see how they're gonna take advantage of where the Ravens are weak. On the other side of the ball, All the things that the Patriots defense does well, Lamar Jackson's good at, right? The Patriots have perennially played man at a top five rate every single year, and Lamar Jackson's one of the best quarterbacks against man coverage because he's so good running the ball. Just from a fundamental value perspective, these teams I do not think are in the same tier, especially if Lamar Jackson was playing to his potential as he has in the first two weeks. And I'm looking at our
0: consensus market rankings right now, Baltimore six. New England 18. The market broadly agrees that there is a tier separation. We've had two weeks now. Third week could be tricky, especially for those games where you've seen teams play two different styles, two different performances that make you say, well, how are they now going to show up in this third week? And if I think if the Ravens play like they did versus the Jets, then the Patriots are
1: definitely live here to certainly win straight up we even discussed this last week which is and we almost got the answer to our question of did lamar jackson now run in week one because it was the jets or because it's going to be a feature of their game plan and he did run last week against the dolphins which leads me to believe that no they were just holding back against the jets also just another angle of this game the ravens are a particular team who could take advantage of kind of the whatever's going on in the offensive room the patriots i don't trust mac jones under pressure I don't trust Mac Jones against the Blitz, right? He doesn't have Josh McDaniels helping him out, making pre-snap adjustment. I don't think he's going to be particularly good against aggressive defenses. And the Ravens are extremely aggressive. They're always blitzing at an extremely high rate. I think they take advantage of that. Mac Jones is horrible against the Blitz, and he's without his key helper from last year in Josh McDaniels. I just don't trust his coaching staff. I don't trust his offense to get anything really going. So this is
0: a very questionable line move against kind of the fundamental evaluation of this matchup. It's very hard to find really any yellow flags about this. Are you willing to ignore the market movement?
1: I'm willing to capitalize on it. I'm glad Mm -hmm. they gave my alternate line more juice. Yeah, I'll take the the, the,
0: the three plus 103. Sell the half
1: point. The other thing about the Ravens in particular is that when they win big, right, something like 63% of the games in the Lamar Jackson era, or 63% of wins, excuse me. They've won by 10 or more points. So I love either, either they're losing or it's gonna be a real close one or they're blowing them out. Give me the nine and a half. Love the nine and a half this week.
0: I think we'll be a little bit more fun to bet live. Oh yeah. All right. Bills at Dolphins. This line's moved. I didn't think that it would move this sharply. Given what we saw from the Dolphins, I understand the Bills blew out the Titans. We had the Bills in circa, closed the week three and two, sitting at seven and three. Feels very nice. But now, so there's six. Sunday night, it was four and a half. Given, you know, six is almost as much as a key number as seven these days. Do you still like it here at six? Is there any other kind of ways that you might want to express? a position
1: on this game. I think this is a great contest play. You talk about like week three being hard because you don't know which team in week one or week two is going to show up. I think we have a pretty decent sense that the Dolphins offense will look more like week one than it will week two. Why? For all the same reasons we've been saying. The Dolphins are not a team that's going to take advantage of weak coverage units, right, of of weak defensive coaching. That's not the Bills. I posted a graph today of the Bills using our drive quality metric, and they're basically breaking the graph at the top right corner. (laughs) They are absolutely dominant. I don't even know if you can grasp the delta between them and the next best team. Uh, and I don't see any reason why they won't be able to move the ball against the Dolphins, who just yeah, got shredded by the Ravens. And I'm selling the Patriots. I don't think they're going to get anything going. So their week one, their inability to score means nothing to me. But I just, I don't see, I don't see the Dolphins competing with the Bills defense
0: here. Yeah. The other thing is, I'm not impressed with super late rallies in games because that can happen you catch a team off guard or you change something or defensive injuries start piling up and a team exploits it and the other team just can't stop it doesn't have the time doesn't have the resources doesn't have the health necessary to recover
1: in that game and also teams play softer they don't play the same defense not to mention that Tyreek Hill scored a 65-yard touchdown lining up one-on-one with no safety help uh, on a rookie. I, I assure you. And then the you. other one
0: was underthrown, which probably with those Bill
1: safeties gets picked. Yeah. You trust Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott, among the best defensive coaches in the league. That's not happening. You're not going to get that same lapse. You're not going to get the same gifts that kind of allowed for the Miami comeback.
0: Another reason why I like Bills here is so far right now on our market consensus rankings, Miami is up to 10th. La. Sharp move higher off that performance versus the Ravens pretty much just in the fourth quarter. That seems a little bit too high. I'm willing to fate that. Bengals on the road, minus five at the Jets. This was four and a half. It's moved up to five. Everyone's butthurt on the Bengals. I'm butthurt on the Bengals. You said you liked Bengals alt-line on Sunday night. You're willing to ignore the first two performances, acknowledge that the explosive play is gonna show up some point in time, maybe in this game.
1: I think that's right, there's also, I was just, as I was doing my Twitter scrolling, noticing that like Robert Sala plays a ton of cover one and cover three, which are defenses that Joe Burrow has destroyed and almost with the two high structures. We know Joe Burrow struggles with decision-making. That's evident by his sack totals and the fact that even after the revamp climbs, save it you will about the chemistry and getting better, it's still definitely better than they were last year. He's still taking a lot of sacks, which points to something in his decision-making, right, and his ability to read defenses. And I think there's some signal for a quarterback like Joe Burrow in his outcomes, depending on which coverage he's playing. And the Jets play a ton of cover one and cover three, and I don't think they're like as adaptable. Robert Sala strikes me as the guy who's, I'm gonna run my defense. We're gonna put our best against your best. And I don't think that's gonna work against Joe Burrow. He's gonna destroy cover one and cover three as he always does. What worries me about this line is this is still
0: assuming the Bengals are last year's Bengals. I mean, because this was seven last year, with Mike White at quarterback. So now there's a difference between five and seven for sure, but it's still a lot of benefit of the doubt that the Bengals are going to comfortably win the game. If the Bengals aren't who we think they are and the Jets also aren't who we thought they are. Remember how I was voicing concern about that potentially, that Jets-Ravens matchup. Maybe Joe Flacco can show a little flash. Maybe he can take advantage of those receivers. It didn't happen week one, but I I was talking about how I still saw them move the ball. Like, it didn't necessarily show up in the score. They turned the ball over. out. They made a lot of kind of typical Jets bonehead mistakes. But basically what happened versus the Browns is what I was warning about could potentially happen, like, in that Ravens game. Whereas, yeah, Joe Flacco, if he's under pressure, he's just going to, like, class and turn to shit but like he has enough in him to make some of those game-changing plays that he did versus Cleveland. And do we have confidence in the Bengals defense to get the same type of pressure that you need to get on Joe Flacco to really disrupt that offense? Michael Ford is a great OC. I feel like a lot of people ignore just because it's the Jets but they got some great offensive play calling, got some great weapons at their
1: disposal now. And if you give Flacco time, he's more than capable of carving you up. I hear that case, I do. And even just to add some data points, they're like forcing coverage mistakes at the highest rate in the NFL, which I think is a combination of offensive scheme and wide receiver ability. The kind of issue with the argument that I have is that it's almost, you need a bunch of steps for that to happen. It's if A, then B, then C, then D right? If the offensive line holds up, if the receivers get open, like a lot of things need to go in order for the bull case to happen. There's certainly a decent likelihood of that happening, but I would almost rather bet on what's to me more certain that, you no know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins will get open for Joe Burrow to throw deep. With all that said, I really don't hate buying a Jets live bet early if the Bengals do hit on the explosive plays. Banking on the Jets can very well come back in this game. And I also don't mind hitting the alt line for the Bengals and even betting like a Jets money line.
0: Yeah. Trying to create a middle. This is what I want to see. I want to see if the Jets are able to protect Joe Flacco. That is one singular trigger point for me to want to start taking Jets exposure. Saints minus three plus 100 at the Panthers. I think this is like still two and a half. Most other places, Saints dealing with a bunch of injuries, Panthers have looked bad versus the Giants and looked bad for pretty much three quarters versus the Browns. I really liked the Panthers versus the Giants. And one of the things I think I was in my tiltiness on late Sunday was just like betting on bad teams versus bad teams, thinking that. The one bad team is going to be a little bit less bad than the other bad team. So I love the less bad team. Like, yeah. Just find another opportunity, dude. Yeah. And it's like the bad coaching can just compromise
1: everything. Yeah. Like you attack the Panthers on the ground. That's how you attack Panthers. That's how teams have been doing it for a couple of years out. I don't know if Mark Ingram is going to be the engine of the, the Saints offense. And I don't, I, I need to see it with the Panthers before I back them.
0: You've also been very good at basically just saying this is a crappy matchup. There's a lot of questions or these are just too bad teams. So I don't really have too much insight to offer and I'm not going to be betting this game. So pass. Is this one of those? Yep. Okay. Lions at the Vikings. Lions plus five and a half. This was seven and a half when we were previewing it on Sunday night come down at a full two points, crossing two key numbers through seven through six. There's a lot of Lions love and the consensus market ranking still only 25th. But we know there's a lot of positive bubbling sentiment on the Lions, especially from betting perspective. Since they're been covering
1: machines and now they're winning up outright. But even in our drive quality metric, they're the number one offense right now. And I don't think that the Eagles are a train wreck on defense. I think that's what the Vikings game semi suggests. I I don't know what to make of the Lions. I really don't. Like, why this year are they succeeding so much more than last year? That's a little bit taking me off jumping on board here. This could very easily be a two game blip and like they're hitting on a bunch of explosive plays, relying on that past two weeks. But that could continue like I was all on board the Kevin O'Connell train after week one probably overreacted but look if this offense is leading in our drive quality metric if they're producing at a, a great rate I don't think the Vikings are the defense to stop them who knows yeah and the Vikings are a
0: great example actually right now of the difficulty of having two games worth of film and general performance because there's a lot of sky high sentiment on Vikings after one game. And now it's fallen just as fast, if not harder after a truly miserable game on primetime with a lot of eyeballs. We're also again feeding into a very strong pre-existing narrative of primetime Kirk Cousins. Again,
1: falling flat on his face. I'm pulling up our power rankings from week two only because I think the Vikings went from like 7th to 20th. Yeah, 20th. I got him 20th. And where'd you have him oh. last week? Yeah, it was like 7th. Yeah, that's huge. No one knows what to make of the Vikings. Yeah. No one knows what to make of the Lions. The Lions played the Vikings tough
0: twice last year. At this point in time, I don't think it makes any sense to try to get in front of this Lions train. I don't I think you necessarily have to ride it, but
1: yeah.
0: do you want to try to get in front of it? Try to get clever and then get
1: run over, potentially. I don't think I'm betting this spot. I think this is an incredibly intriguing, and the only thing I know is that I don't think this launch should be five and a half. All right, Chiefs on the road at the Colts. This is another interesting.
0: Down to five. So so this was six on Sunday night, and all I've heard is I've been trying to absorb market intelligence, scrolling through Twitter, listening to podcasts, and it's uniformly Chiefs' love. It's the Chiefs and Gus Bradley, this dichotomy. How can Mahomes not take advantage of Gus Bradley's defense? Oh, the Colts weren't nearly as good as we thought that they were. And I'm saying they because we certainly didn't. Yeah. We never were buying the Colts. They're bad. They're maybe worse even than I thought so far. Because they put in two
1: clunkers for sure. Versus not even a yeah, little team. That's the key part though. right? You don't just like stumble upon ties and luck. Bad loss to the Jaguars in Texas, even if the Jaguars aren't improved, even if the Texans aren't as bad as people assume they are. yes. Especially in a game with no real variance. Certainly,
0: and out. also if you're priced to win the division,
1: you lose two division games versus the ostensibly oh, yes. the bottom two-seller team. That's certainly true. This doesn't happen by accident. Would it be shocking if the Colts went 5-12 and 12 this year? No, I mean- 4-13? No. I wouldn't be surprised
0: if the Colts eventually abandon the Matt Ryan One of the things that I was pounding the table on, and I know you agreed during the offseason previews, was the Colts' problems were not just about Carson Wentz. Yeah. The quarterback problem looks like the same quarterback. Yeah. Like, it may be worse. Yeah. Given that, since you always have the latest... Injury news on Shaq Leonard. Do you know
1: what his... If he's going to play this week or... Full participation, but that's the same thing. But yeah, he was full participation last week,
0: last week too. You
1: know? There's no... We're not going to get a word I don't think until... What Friday. about Pittman? Pittman, I haven't seen anything yet in practice today. Back in practice. See,
0: this is just one where I want to be cautious about the Chiefs. Okay? Because the Chiefs destroyed the Cardinal secondary... Like we expected them to. And then... They should have lost. I want to say should have. Our drive quality says they lost. Versus Chargers.
1: At home. Yeah. Might only put on up 20 points. 20 earned points. Yeah, the Chargers are a legitimately really good defense. Okay, right, so you played
0: a legitimately bad defense and torched them. And then you yeah. played legitimately good defense... And you scored twenty Where are the Colts. The middle row, probably. Okay, I think they're a lot closer to the Cardinals than they are the Chargers. Maybe, but the point that you make a lot of times too is there's a big difference between the thirtieth ranked defense and the thirty-second oh, ranked.
1: Certainly. And I, so, I look, if you go back to the week one preview, I was talking about how the Cardinals are just not going to stop the Chiefs. They're going to score on all their yeah. drives. I'd be shocked if they don't score thirty points. And I, I would say they, they don't score thirty points. You'd say they don't score 30 points. They don't score 30 so What's the argument to sell the Chiefs here? It's not to sell. What makes the you Chiefs. say that they're going to play at expectation?
0: The concerns that I expressed about the Chiefs in the offseason, I feel like have not been ameliorated by them destroying the cards. Okay. Whereas they again there, but there was a lot of people out there basically saying, See, told you. Didn't need Tyreek Hill. This offense is just as good, if not better now. Maybe they have even more weapons. I don't think that's true. And, I, and they just played maybe one of the best defenses. So I'm not saying it's dispositive. I'm not saying the Chargers game is dispositive either. I'm not saying, right. look, they didn't. They only earned 20 points versus Chargers. Well, that's a good defense. So it's not to say that they're necessarily bad or they're not as good either. Yeah. But I'm still questioning whether or not this offense might be like the offense that we saw, like the first half of the no, season last no, year. No. Maybe not that okay. bad, not saying like they they're gonna score three points versus Titans type bad, yeah. but I'm saying this reverse, this counterintuitive line movement makes a little bit more sense to like the Ravens Patriots move. I'm willing to go with you and be like, you know what? I understand there's obviously influential m- money backing the Patriots to move this because everything s- suggests to scream Ravens. I would be willing to overlook the market movement and say let's do it. In fact, I just did. I did it on stream. Yeah, I'm not willing to do that in this instance because I think we've seen the worst of the Colts, especially if Pittman plays. That will certainly make them look better. Yeah. I think they can cover if this gets back to six. But why? I don't know if I want to take the six. to seven was definitely more it's, attractive, but I think I will not
1: be betting the Chiefs. I think the market angles are right. I would just like, is there a fundamental value angle or a game angle? No. 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 Okay, We were talking about what's sufficient to happening. And I think the Chiefs floor is so much higher than everyone else's. I have a lot of conviction they're going to score at least in the twenties. And they're just starting at a huge advantage over the Colts. And I like am not willing I'm willing to bet that like there's a decent likelihood that the Colts really suck. Their offense is just bad. In which case this game's not gonna be close.
0: Yep, that could definitely be true. Remember it was even a couple of years ago when the Chiefs, maybe it was 2018, when the Chiefs were like really ripping. And they went and played the Colts and put in a really weird, bizarre game. They only scored like 13 points. I think they ended up squeaking the game out, but it was super low scoring. And that was like the first time where it was like, wow, the Chiefs aren't gonna score 30 points every single game. If there is a difference too, if it's sharp money collectively, Again, like generally sharper betters or some singular loudmouth. Yeah. And the singular loudmouth I certainly like.
1: To fade that's yeah. just gives you value. Yeah. I think that's what's happening here, and I think that's what's happening in the Ravens spot. Okay. That makes more sense. Raiders,
0: one and a half at the Titans. I like the Titans here. Definitively
1: what?
0: like the Titans plus one and a half. This might move a little bit extra, so I'm gonna wait a little bit. But the Raiders, what? Put up essentially zero points on the Cardinals for a whole half, a depleted secondary. Devontae Adams caught the ball twice. We're very bearish on the Raiders. Now they're on the road. We're still a good head coach team and the Titans have now put in two bad performances in a row, a loss to the Giants and and then a complete demolition by the best team in the NFL on Monday Night Football with everyone to see, I'm willing to buy that dip. And I don't think the Raiders should be favorites on
1: the road versus a respectable team like the Titans. That's fair. What changes in this game script? What what are the Titans going to do differently than the previous two games? Where's their offense coming from? Take me through the game and like how it plays out. The Titans win.
0: I don't think it's more about that the Titans offense is all of a sudden gonna score a bunch of points. It's just that the Raiders aren't gonna score points.
1: Okay, that's fair. Either. Okay, that's fine. In which case I think we could make a case to bet the team total under.
0: There's other things as well, which is again this is one of the things that I criticize a lot of generally good sports bettors, people who have good feel because also this happens in traditional financial markets as well is sometimes you don't have a super strong fundamental thesis because if there is, it's usually known Then, like other people can visibly discern what that fundamental thesis is. Sometimes it's just about feel and one of the times like a lot of sports bettors who turn media bettors then they shy away from those moves because they can't wrap a convenient compelling narrative around it so no yeah. one wants to buy it so now they only make bets that have that neat narrative around it. yeah
1: and oh, those I, are I, not
0: I, the bets that usually win so this is the type of bet where i would say is explain to me how what changes what's different from these teams i am say i don't know exactly but this just feels right. This feels like the time you buy the dip on the Titans who are not a
1: terrible, they're not a bottom three team. I completely agree with you on the field park. That's absolutely true in every way you've described it. But the point I'm pressing on is you're making the assumption the Titans are not a bottom three team and I'm not so sure that's true. Okay, that's fair. The team can really be in contention for the number one overall pick. What
0: would give me concerned is if the Titans actually are the 32nd best team in the league, aka yeah. worst team in the league. Because this is more driven off Raiders right now, and our market consensus rankings is 12th. That is common. Yeah. So I would bet the alternate line last week. One of the reasons why, again, we were was our strongest. Preseason fade. And the Raiders are minus one and a half favorites on the road. What would keep me caught more cautious if you really do think that the Titans could be a 31st, 32nd team? That's a different story though. Yeah. If they're actually that bad. I don't think they're necessarily that bad, but I certainly allow for that to be yeah. true. Because yeah, I- basically I've also outed myself in the sense of I can't necessarily come up with I can't articulate a very strong handicap on this game.
1: For sure. Does not mean that your reasoning and what's behind your thought process is not legitimate. But that's where I stand here. Just like Mm -hmm. the Titans can be just so dreadful.
0: Field trades too work well when there isn't a strong counterpoint as well. Eagles minus six and a half at Washington. Everyone loves the Eagles now.
1: Eighth right now in our market consensus ratings this is a fuel game which for me is not having me bet the eight commanders but it's having me off the list like when jalen hurts came priced in as the third best quarterback for the mvp conversation i need eight weeks to believe that not two yeah i'm not willing to back the other side but i'm not willing to jump all on the trend.
0: on washington we've had two games now where they've gone quiet they Came out a little bit hot versus the Jags, but let the Jacks come back, get the lead, and then they squeaked it out in the end. And then vice versa started off super quiet, then came roaring back, and then just couldn't fully stop the Lions, but almost got right back to within one score there coming out of halftime. And. That's not necessarily the type of team I probably want to bet versus the Eagles, which at this point in time have shown no slowing. Texans at the Bears, currently minus three. I've seen some minus two and a halfs out there. Two bad teams, Chicago's ranked 31st in the consensus market rankings, Houston 29th. Houston has put in two decent competitive performances was beating Denver for half that game. Again, very ugly, but still they covered the 10 and that was never in doubt pretty much. And of course, beat up on, on the Colts and ended up giving it away and ended up tying. Maybe some bonehead coaching decisions and not a ton of talent, but this isn't like maybe last year or even the year before that, where there was like the Jags and the Texans and there was maybe the lions where there was just like some like really bad teams, like in the jets too. Like you yeah. like could not bet on
1: them Yeah,
0: bad where well, I don't think the Texans are necessarily in that league this year. No, we did bet on that.
1: But yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I wish we actually would have bet on. That. I know it's like, eh, maybe we're getting too cute betting the Texans two, two weeks in a row. The thing is there are plus double digits
1: yeah First Denver. and I'm we suffice. already had
0: questions though so, on Denver. yeah so. yeah that's it that's a fair
1: point intense a lot of points
0: what mm-hmm. about this one any, any strong views on this one my my take it's two bad teams
1: yeah two bad teams this is what i was betting. talking about earlier why are we bad. betting on them Yeah, no, literally yeah
0: levy smith revenge game um
1: <laughs> yeah
0: for what it's worth i definitely lean the three on Houston. But I think the bears will continue to get
1: better over time. Even looking at some of our own metrics, drive quality stuff, they're like 24th and 25th right next to each other. Our model, like predicting this game has them basically at the same point total.
0: All right, Jaguars plus seven at the LA Chargers. Jags at that full touchdown. Again, on Sunday night, we were talking about how the Chargers might be the play. Jaguars put in two good performances, but this is a completely different class of team than what they've played so far. I've had maybe a little bit of second thoughts on that in the sense of, I don't know if the Chargers are the type of team to pull away and comfortably cover a number like this, even if they're demonstrably the better team. And I think the Jags are going to be that type of team that always hangs around, maybe they're down by three touchdowns, and then boom, in the fourth quarter, and they cover
1: these types of numbers. A perfect case of something I like to talk about, of how the seven represents two things. Number one, it's a fundamental value, who's the better team, and number two, it also represents real points in real games. And I think you make a great point that like, it'll ultimately the only thing that matters is the real points and the real games. The market obviously is pressing and Justin Herbert is playing, but there's a chance he doesn't play, even if it's small. Even if he
0: does play, and I know there's this talk about, oh, it's like this particular type of injury, it can't get worse. I don't know yeah. what that means. I've never even heard of an injury like that. But in any case, is, does that give them even extra incentive? For a coaching staff that's already inclined to maybe get conservative with a lead down the end of the stretch of the game, why put your quarterback in drop back position to get nailed in the ribs
1: any more than he potentially has to? True, but they did put him out against the Chiefs in a garbage time last week. They left him at the dry right after the injury, down by 10 with 45 seconds left.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's a good point, but it's like a... St- I don't know if there's there's more of a statement to be made there as well. And it's also something that was like happening in the moment. So like they don't know exactly the extent of the injury. Yeah. Maybe like now they know what's up. Yeah. They have a full week to contemplate. And also they're game planning around the fact that this is a known variable. There's more uncertainty then. Yeah. And also short-term think. I think this probably closes under the seven. I feel like. This is the type of thinking that could capture the minds of more betters as we head into the weekend. And then also, if there is any uncertainty increasing around Herbert maybe not even playing, mm-hmm. well, then this is going to obviously crash. Yeah. Who's the backup? Do you know? Chase Tanya. Not terrible. He's certainly sufficient for one off games to win games. Especially with the weaponry that they have. But in any case, I actually think I like Jags, especially in the contest yeah. if it's seven.
1: I, kind I like them in the
0: contest. And who knows? If, if you get like one of those weird, like just again, high variance Chargers type games where they just, what is going on here? Jags just win. And then that's when the Jags party really gets started. Yeah. Packers at Tampa. This one was three on Sunday night. We talked about liking the Packers at that three. I already bet Packers plus three. Now this is all the way down to one. The total also crashed. The total opened around 48, crashed full touchdown down to 41 and a half. I saw it all the way down to 41. I bet the over at the 41. A full seven point adjustment. I don't care what kind of uncertainties is going on. Maybe it's 13 to 10 and it goes way under but I'm willing to roll the dice on 41 with these two teams. Bucks at one, I know you talked about you like the Packers on Sunday night, certainly at the three, but what about at the one?
1: I don't like it at one as much. I wish they weren't playing each other this week, because I think there's a little bit of certainty that like, oh, this Bucks defense is really good. And like the Packers offense is taking a step back. I'm not really sure though. I think the Packers defense is really good. They were lit up by Justin Jefferson, but I think that's, as you said earlier, a one-time thing. The refusal to like actually just line up Jair Alexander on Justin Jefferson. The Bucks don't have the person who can do that. Well, I don't know. The three represented teams that I think are pretty much even. I think there's still questions out
0: on Green Bay as well, as we saw a miserable performance from them. I'm not talking about it. ignore the whole Justin Jefferson. Askfully they're terrible. And then we just saw, all right, well, how good are the Vikings? Maybe the Vikings' defense is good and like this is gonna be an unstoppable offense. Then we saw in Philadelphia. That Mm -mm. is not the case, at least at this point in the season. That was a little bit of a mirage. So how was it a mirage? The Packers created the Mirage. And now the Packers beat up on the Bears in Lambeau, where they've historically done that, and the Bears are a bottom three team. But now at one especially if we get one in the contest. I this is too far sold because we just don't know who the Packers are yet. I don't think we know who the Bucks are. At one, I feel like I'm willing to bet on just Tom Brady. As opposed to Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I don't know about that. To me, those are the same. They both can be crybabies, but Aaron Rodgers crybabiness like is a pouting way okay, okay. Of, it doesn't energize anyone it weighs on everyone whereas Tom Brady's anger ignites path into that's why like we were even talking about on the live stream like one i y'all, oh like someone's like oh Brady's like breaking stuff and yelling was, oh that. I feel like that's like a, a buy signal whereas if I hear like Aaron Rodgers
1: pouting that's not a buy signal. Yeah, this is this is an emotional take this yeah. is why like, I don't well, like Aaron totally Rogers. anecdotal, like just. This is like anecdotal, emotional. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I
0: don't it's... not like Aaron Rodgers. I in fact, I kind of, I actually, I like Aaron Rodgers because he's made me a lot of money because actually, I always bet on the Packers to Bears, the Bears yeah. and he just always beats the Bears. So I'm just saying, I'm not buying it. But in any case, we both agree at one, at plus one, you can't bet Packers. Falcons, wow, down to pick at Seattle. Mm. So this was two. Maybe two and a half on Sunday night when we were talking about it. talked about we like the Falcons. I didn't think it would move this much. That's tough. I thought it should be pick, but I didn't know it would actually
1: moved down to pick. Still like the Falcons. My DFS lineup is going to have Marcus Mariota. It's going to have Drake London, and it's going to have Kyle Pitts. And I think that's a good point. Kyle Pitts to- breakout, finally? Yeah. I'm looking yeah, bad you- with my bullish Kyle Pitts call right now. As good as the Falcons but, have looked, they're not even exploiting their best weapon. No, but I think they're playing the matchups here. And, like, they the, the tight end position is not the way to beat the Saints, it's not the way to beat the Rams. I think the Falcons offense has a great game, and I just I'm not buying Seattle's offense. So, do you like the over? Yeah,
0: and maybe you get a little bit of flash from Geno again. The other thing is what I want to look more into, again, is like what some of the play calling was between the two, because it seemed like from an arm's length view that the Seahawks went back to that very traditional, classic Pete Carroll conservative offense. Yeah. Running the ball, Kenneth Walker with back, and they really tried to lean on him, which obviously didn't work. We've seen Pete Carroll as well. They're like, Russell Wilson goes off and he'll abandon it. Yeah, Like, a good game from your quarterback by no means incentivizes him to lean away from running the ball. In fact, it almost empowers him to say, that gives us the ability to run more. Yeah, I like the Falcons here. Rams at Cardinals, Rams down to three. Like, this is the one on Sunday night. I was like, yeah, like, I could see, and I don't feel strongly. But this was four and a half, now down to four, now down to three. And what am I missing? Is there some news out there?
1: Dan, do you have anything? Yeah, Dan's our news guy here. He's the news guy.
0: He feels a sense, but
1: yeah, I'm with you here. I'm gonna Look, I was just on the Cardinals, right? It's not like I...
0: Versus a team we hate, too.
1: Versus a team we hate, but that's what tells you all you need to know. Okay, the Cardinals got... Bulldozed by the Chiefs. We thought that was going to happen. Oh, Ronald Moore coming back? Maybe. Oh, he's worth a point and a half through a key We're number. By doing a lot there. But look, LA at least showed last week that they're not a trainer on offense. They had an off week. Fine. They're going to score.
0: If anyone I'm plays like, bad versus the Bills, it doesn't matter. That's
1: what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> the, that's the story that's starting to emerge. But I just like... The cardinals are a good long-term bet i think they are but they're not there yet they're missing pieces on all they're starting Greg Dortch as their wide receiver too the rams are still in a different class at least for now and the three is just far too little this is another line spot for me only because this can get out of hands like this it would not be shocking for me to see the rams put a 40. yeah Cardinals defense is
0: really bad right now. I'll take some minus five, plus 107. I took the minus three at the minus 130.
1: Is it minus five, 107?
0: Yeah. The DraftKings
1: price, minus five is 114.
0: Hey, every dollar helps. Every dollar helps. I could see the Rams doing what the Chiefs did to the Cardinals. All right, Niners at Broncos. This one's done a full three point flip since Sunday night. On Sunday night, we bet the Niners at that plus one and a half. Denver was a small home favorite. We thought that was unjustified. And now the Niners here are the road favorite at minus one and a half. Do you still like it at
1: minus one and a half? I think so. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a massive upgrade over what Trey That's Lance has so, out.
0: Also, I feel like the market is not appreciating this. From my market intelligence gathering, there's all this like very lukewarm. Oh, I wanted to see what Lance. I, his name's already got out of my memory yeah. now.
1: Yeah, Lance. To me, Lance, uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. As a football fan, you wanted to see it. Yeah, but like I don't, like The way that exactly. people are talking
0: about too is like they're not even upgrading. Like it's uncertain whether you would upgrade them. Maybe the variance now has decreased of what the expectations might be, but it's
1: moved up. It's skewed yeah. more to more positive outcome. What's interesting to me, I'm not sure the Denver defense is as good as the market's pricing in right now. I don't think they've really been tested in games against Seattle and Houston. Futured offenses.
0: Terrible offenses. Would you say the two bottom
1: three or four offenses? Yeah, I think right now. So we think Seattle could be the worst offense. I think Seattle could be the worst. And like they put their ceiling game together against the, the Broncos. And it was still 17 points. If you're pricing in a Vic Fangio defense when Vic Fangio is not there, and I don't think the market properly adjusts to the loss of coordinator, that also seems like a big market. Inefficiency. San Francisco's a much better team, I think. This seems like a weird spot. I'm not sure why the lines are one and a half. Is there something we're missing on the Broncos? Air drive quality has them at seventeen each of the first two weeks on offense. If Jerry Judy's not playing, by the way. Timeout. Oh, yeah. If Jerry Judy's not playing, that's it. Huge loss, and like, there's some weird stuff going on where the Broncos' receivers are getting open extremely high. And by the way, Jared Judy is one of the best in the league at that. Yet, like Wilson is not is, is throwing like the highest rate of contested balls, even though his receivers are generating most separation. Just to keep on adding data points here, we talk about bad coaching. Nathaniel Hackett's been a disaster.
0: Yeah, clearly not ready to be
1: a head coach. His decision making so far has been as bad as can possibly be. Well, and it wasn't like he
0: corrected it the next week. What I've heard that his excuses for some of those bad decisions is that they weren't necessarily well thought out definitive decisions, that they're almost actually reflective of, you've seen some delay of games, a lot of plays running the clock all the way down, is because they're not coming to a decision fast enough. So they're not prepared. Who's making the call? Who's signing off? Got a bunch of people in his ear and this, that, and the other. That is a reflection of you're not ready for, the main stage and you're seeing a bunch of bonehead decisions get played out on the field and shanahan can definitely take advantage of those of this coaching mismatch
1: yeah i just checked my least sharp prediction game the market has it at 53 percent san francisco right now i put it at uh
0: 64 yes i'm with you dallas at new york this is another line that's plummeted the last couple days this was three on Sunday night which seemed way too high even with Cooper Rush didn't bet it but thought that there had to be some pressure moving down not necessarily a play on Dallas but Giants shouldn't be field goal favorites versus anybody we bet them week one won the game outright won the ATS bet them on the money line but we didn't necessarily feel Like we're changing our view on the Giants. Another thing that I want us to do on our Sunday night tilt is give our Circa picks because it's like a well-defined five picks is for us to grade those handicaps. So it's different than just winning the game. Oh, we won. But actually, was it a good pick? Was it a sound rationale? Did we win it for the reasons why we thought we'd win it? That'd like bills funny. for instance would be like an a+. Plus. i guess it
1: literally played out exactly yeah. the way that we thought that it could play out yeah and giants weak ones b minus like got the Titans to the cell perfectly totally we on the giants being a like strong team out of the game that's like
0: another good point is we should really lean in when we're trying to think about what picks we should make for circa is do yeah. we have a two-sided handicap or yes. is it just one
1: we just illustrated a two-sided handicap with the Niners. Yes. Exactly.
0: It also reinforces and re-underwrites what I was talking about earlier: is not betting the bad, the less bad team versus the bad team, because but it's not a strong buy and a strong sell. Yep. That are then matched like a one-sided handicap, barely if that. Sometimes. Yeah. So Cowboys are now at one. Giants is like mildly more palatable at one, but maybe this is just again bad team with a backup quarterback versus another bad team that hasn't shown any sort of growth distribution of outcomes in this game is endless who knows we don't know anything here on prime time too so we're not going to express any views on this in any meaningful way but given that it's monday night football again there's a lot of nfl dgens out there they're going to watch any football on a standalone spot so what do you think is a way that you could express some
1: sort of First off, you this Yeah, game. if you like want to express some angle, they had a same game parlay we talked about this last episode about oh same game parlays or sportsbooks best friend. No, utility of a same game parlay is for this exact market. Have fun. If you're watching a football game, go tell a unique story. Right? You could get 40 to one for one of these outcomes. Go play it out. Here's the outcome. The Giants get absolutely gashed on the ground. Go make a fun parlay with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Giants lean to take on Barkley in a low scoring game. Go bet barkley touchdown barkley over rushing yards game total under play have some fun recognize it's fun and it's not going to be the same sort of bidding process where you're really trying to profit and analyze and be on the right side of games recognize it for what it is. well said
0: and i also do leaning into a barkley type play because that was something that we thought that might really be hammered home and that panthers game didn't really necessarily turn out that way but i don't think they're necessarily dissuaded from trying to lean on barkley this year, specifically if like Micah Parsons gonna be in like Daniel Jones' space, yeah. like left and right.
1: Yeah. Could I get mean. a lot
0: of like dump offs too.
1: Yeah. That Barkley breaks for sure. a long If I can get that Micah Parsons sack at plus money, Woo. I'll be honest.
0: I want a Daniel Jones fumble, sack fumble six from the Cowboys.
1: find that bet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I got my five.
0: So we'll, what's we'll see finding? what lines
1: are obviously today. Yeah. Come on. San Francisco, Atlanta, LA, Baltimore, Buffalo. Jacksonville in sixth. I
0: like that. So that's Road. 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 Wonderful. Maybe something to think about. All right. Good stuff. Went through the slate we're prepared for week three circle lines come out tomorrow so some changes that we could still make but we'll again release all those picks in our nfl opening bell newsletter that comes out every sunday morning thanks juna That's closing bell